welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thank you for joining me for a new video. Today I am joined by a fellow Amazon merch all-star, Hella Bella. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining me. So Amazon, uh, or not Amazon, the YouTube algorithm put some of your content in front of me and I uh, am happy that I clicked the videos and watched some of your stuff. And uh, specifically, I was hoping to ask you about this $1,000 profit day that you had recently. Yeah, so that video was really a surprise to me that I got to make it. I went on to my merch account the day after my birthday. So I had gone and hung out with my family on my birthday. Didn't check my account all day, which is very rare for me. I usually check it like obsessively. So I got on to check my account and I saw like, one one three four or something like that and i was like is this what what's happening here because i saw my normal line and then it went up and i was like oh my gosh i made like over a thousand dollars yesterday on my birthday it was so weird because i was like why would that what what's happening and then i was like oh yeah you uploaded that new shirt like a couple of days ago and it had time to rank and it had time to i guess kind of get pushed up and you know after all of that happened i was like wow, that is, I should do this more often. Like that was crazy. A thousand dollars in a day. Yeah. That's seriously uh, impressive. Can I ask about, was it a trend that you were early to and kind of people caught up to it and you were like super early, but when I say people, I mean like the customer base. Mm -hmm. So I um, found the idea on another platform. I think it was like one of those websites that just doesn't have a lot of people coming to it but I kind of knew about it because it's kind of like a girly website and um I went to that and I was like I like that phrase and I went to Amazon and I typed in the phrase and there's nothing and I'm like oh boy (laughs) we're about to put a shirt up because I mean there was nothing there and I was like this is so like am I missing something you know what I mean like it's one of those times where you sort of second guess yourself yeah so like go check the trademark make sure nobody owns it but it was a really like a, a kind of obscure phrase it's three words um and so I I got that and I got the graphic that went with it and I just put it up there and I was like you know what it you know maybe nobody wants it maybe that's why nobody has it up there but I'll go ahead and post mine that way at least I have a shot and so of course I posted it And it sold a couple of times. And I think I had it on a V-neck, on a T-shirt, and then on a tank top. And so that $1,000 day, it was, I think, $700 of it were V-necks. And that really surprised me because, I mean, the bulk of my sales is usually T-shirts. So the fact that it was all V-necks was like, oh, that's weird. You had a nice profit margin built in of like, what, over $5 per sale it looked like? Yes. And you know, what was funny is, can you imagine if I hadn't raised the price before my birthday? Because I think I had it lower and I raised it after once an item has sold once for me, I'll typically raise the price because I know that, you know, it's kind of locked in in the rank, especially when it's not very competitive, if there's not very many of them. So I had raised that price up and I was so glad that I did because I've seen people who didn't check their merch account and then had like a dollar royalty on something, but they sold a thousand of them and they're like, oh, you know, I just lost $4,000 or whatever. So I was glad that I changed the price. Yeah. So the V-neck sold best, but is it potentially because V-necks only, I'm just theorizing that like mm-hmm. V-necks only come in the female fit and you said it was marketed towards females. And when you uploaded to the other products, I think tank tops are unisex, but when you did standard, mm-hmm. did you check the male 
or, or youth or just female? No, I only checked the female because the way the thumbnail shows up for the women's looks totally different. And it is, it is a shirt for women. Um, so, and if I'm making like a, you know, a gym bro shirt, I'm not going to typically put it on the women's tank top. I'll put it on the men's and then I'll upload another one on the women's if I want to do both. So, um, that, that's a good point that you're making though. Like that, that first thumbnail, I think I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning of my merch by Amazon journey because I would try to click all the things and all the colors and, you know, you, you kind of mess it up when you're giving your person too many choices. Um, so I do, (laughs) yeah, I do believe in that whole, you know, you're going to cause them to freak out and just leave the listing altogether if they have too many options. Yeah. So how many options do you normally give? When I saw your report, it looked like you were primarily, it was like one fit type, one color, at least on the the big. Yeah. That's that. Well, that on the, on my best sellers, it's only one color because I don't want that shirt to look like any of the other shirts that pops up, say, say there's a design and there's, you know, 20 results on the first page and my design is in Navy and all the other designs are in black. Like your eyes go towards the colors usually. And then of course you've got that one person who's like, well, I want a Navy shirt. All these other shirts are black. So I want the one that's in Navy. So I kind of like to have whatever color that I think looks best. I'll make one listing for that. And then I can upload five different ones. I mean, there's plenty of slots. So like, you know, that's kind of how I see it. And and I think a mistake I made in the past was trying to put too many colors on the listing and then not having, having them not sell at all, like at all, because we can't control what color pops up. So, um, and also like one thing that I kind of obsess over as a ex web developer was my day job, even though I didn't like obsess too much about analytics, but like part of the internet and like, you know, these web browsers that run JavaScript and like, you can basically track on the client side, like every interaction that somebody has with a web page, you know, as long as they have JavaScript enabled, which everybody does. So it's like, you can see, and I'm sure like, I don't have access to these metrics, but I'm so sure that like more choice will reduce like the same thing, more choice, more clicks that that's only going to reduce your conversion rate. So I've really been like a lot lately. If I hit a trend, um, and I've been like on my girlfriend's account too. She's in tier 25, but like I've been doing uploads on her account. Well, I've been doing with her. Um, don't, don't ban me Amazon merch. I swear. <laughs> I'm doing it. But like we, whenever we get something that's working, I'm like, all right, we're going to inverse the color scheme and upload like only to white or, you know, anything mm-hmm. other than black since that's like the primary that is the default, you know? Yeah. Well, that um that's also something that I do that I guess I've never really talked about on my channel is that if I have a graphic I do change the color of it so I'll do it in white to go on a black shirt and I'll do it in black to go on a white shirt I might do it in like you know you can put overlays on things I might do a rainbow one or you know a teal one so that's that's a way that you can also build out more shirts like if you have a really solid design and you want to you know change the colors of it to 30 different colors or whatever i've i've done that a lot and i've done a lot of leopard print lately i don't know if you can tell i kind of like leopard (laughs) (laughs) reminds me of carol baskin don't take that the wrong way (laughs) no i should have got i have um oh where are my carol baskin things in in the bathroom i should have worn that today i have some little ears and stuff Shout out to uh, Tiger King and and everybody that loves leopard print. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, leopard print is super popular. That's going to be popular again this year. So anybody watching this, get Can the I leopard ask, print. 
how how are so the color by the way the color overlay i love that idea that's something that you know i haven't really talked about recently on youtube but it's something that like my early videos talked about because it just seemed to me like a no-brainer you know mm -hmm. even if you just stash away the secondary versions like in case whatever design it is hits you've already got them you know you don't have to go back yeah. to photoshop and start tweaking it just do it when you're in there and you know blending options right click color overlay but how are you doing the the leopard print are you doing like a clipping mask um, or some other way i just use pick monkey and it just puts it over the whole thing so like oh, if okay. my design's ready i can just click add overlay and whatever the design was it's gonna all be on top of that so um like one of the designs i use a lot or one of the overlays is leopard print but i bought a pack of leopard print files that were really high quality and you know it was like two dollars for 20 different leopard print patterns so if there's some that are really small that might look better on other things and then there's some you know bolder ones or a pink one or rainbow one like i just try to figure out you know what is my customer most likely gonna want like is this going to a teenage girl or is this going to a grown woman um that's something that i think a lot of people don't think about with merch is like who is going to buy the shirt and like, where are they going to wear it? And who are they going to buy it for somebody else? Are they going to buy it for themselves? Like there's lots of reasons why people click add to cart. So it's important to kind of think about that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Idea. I probably am guilty of not thinking about that enough. <laughs> yeah. Know, I kind of rifle through stuff quickly now. Cause it's like the higher tier you get, the more you kind of have to adapt your approach. And it's like, I could keep approaching things like I used to, but it, the, the other side of me is like the more logical side is like, oh, but you got these upload slots that aren't filled. And if you filled them, then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't have time. Like you just don't have time to think about every single design, you know. And that's one thing that I kind of like have this thing. What is it? I don't know if it's Stephen King or somebody who said like kill your darlings, like the things that you put way too much time and effort into, like get rid of that because it's it's probably not going to make you as much money as you think it is. And like, it's just taking up too much of your time and effort. Like if I, if I catch myself like on my computer editing a design for too long, I'm like, just throw the whole thing away. Like this is taking too long because you know, your time is really, really valuable. Yeah. That's really good advice. And uh, like when I teach design in my courses, I'm always like, I don't know, this is something that hopefully doesn't annoy people, but I'm always like, all right, so you could, probably do this and this and this and this and this and spend an hour and make it really good but then i'll always be like it's like the logical part of me is like but if you're posting it on amazon and you've seen you're seeing more than 48 results you're not guaranteed to get visibility you know if you're not on page one no one's gonna find so it's like if you're trying to make money like reverse engineer that goal how did you make the most money was it from spending the extra hour on that one design or was it from like i think they call it like minimum viable product mm -hmm. where it's like it's yeah. good enough upload it and then move on you know make a very yeah. yeah i don't know in mvp is where it's at and the thing about that is that you you think that the customer has all these specifications but they don't they don't care like they don't look at it as hard as you look at it. Like as long as it looks decent and it's centered correctly and you can read it, like that's, that's enough for the customer usually. And I kind of thought, you know, I need to learn graphic design and I need to become a better designer. And then later on, I'm like, no, I don't. That's, that's a waste of time. You know, I need to go out and buy graphics and buy fonts and, and even sometimes just buy the design already made. And that way, you know, I don't have to spend all this time and energy making and I can just upload it. For sure. And, uh, 
any recommendations? I mean, honestly, I'm sure people want to know, like you, you're the one that just sold a thousand dollars in the month of October in a single day. So, you know, I push this one service called all sunsets a lot just because that's, I mean, mm -hmm. I just real, I've been using them a lot. So I just say, Hey, it's what I've been yeah. using. What have you been using? Well, there's a lot of websites where you can buy vectors, but you have to read really closely, like, what are the terms of service? Because, you know, some of them say, like, up to a 1,000 uses, up to 500 uses, and then you get into the whole, what is commercial use and what is personal use? And, you know, there's all those things. So um, I think the Hungry JPEG is one that I've bought a lot of different uh, patterns from. Um, that one's pretty solid, and they're really cheap. That was the one that I dipped my toes in with, and I kind of realized, like, okay, say I'm I'm making you know at the I think at the height of like last year my best months were like 500 or 700 or whatever and I was like I can afford to spend 50 dollars on graphics and fonts like I'm, I'm kind of being stupid about this so I went last year and started buying more things and I'm like okay if I have this and nobody else has this to use then they can't copy me I mean they can try but it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to copy some of those those fonts and those graphics so you know, go into a website like the Hungry JPEG. Um, that one was one that helped me kind of figure it out. And then, of course, you know, you you kind of have to find your own. Like everyone, ha I feel like I have a style with my shirts. Like as much as you know anybody does. Like I'm sure you feel that way too. Like you kind of you kind of upload things that are all similar. Like I have placed my font in a certain place. I've placed the picture in a certain place. And like I have a way that it looks that I feel like it looks right. So. Um, you kind of have to find a website that kind of matches your, your flow and your, your style. Yeah. I like that advice. And, uh, me personally, like I'm kind of like a shill, like I'll just go look at the market and I'll do market research about like it, people ask me questions and I'm just like, you know, I feel weird, like giving my personal opinion. So if I ever do, I'm like, well, personal opinion, but otherwise I'll just say like, go look at the brand leak, you know, L I Q U E. And it's like, mm -hmm. they're probably the most successful brand. And rather than me give you my thoughts, just like study the people that we know are making millions on merch, you know, and look at how they design, look at how they do keywords. Yeah. Cetera. Yeah. And, and let's not reinvent the wheel here. Like, you know, let's, let's just figure out what's working and go do that. I'm a big fan of that. And I like how you look at everything. You look at everything in a certain way. That's going to be like, what is the least amount of time and effort I can put into this? That's still going to be profitable. And I think a lot of us like, personalize our business too much sometimes. I know a lot of the comments I get on my channel sometimes are people being discouraged about their idea didn't work. And I'm like, well, just scrap it and put something else up. And they're like, well, they put all of this mental energy into their idea. And so when it doesn't work, they get upset. And, you know, we got to, we've all, you know, got are things that we want to work that don't work. I personally have had a lot of failures as an entrepreneur. I've done a lot of things we're looking back on. I'm like, that was so stupid. I can't believe I did that. But, you know, you got to move forward. So I yeah, 100% my first venture was like stacking my parents basement with boxes of like so much stuff. And like, you know, I run a website that gets like a ton of track, like hundreds of thousands per month. And I was like, I'm just going to sell this complimentary product. Dude, I couldn't sell it. I could not sell it. And it was like, when I sold it, <laughs> we had to like put it all together in a box and take it to the post. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I lost money on the order. And I was just like, this isn't it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You but know. you, you know, and I've, I've told, I think I've told a lot of people who want advice from me, like, how do you know what to do? And I'm like, well, you try a hundred ways and 99 of them don't work. And the one that works, you just keep doing that. So that's kind of how I look at it, especially mm -hmm. like. I do Amazon FBA as well. And, you know, to analyze a buy, it's 
helpful to look at 99 bad buys in order to see the one good buy because then you've looked at 99 bad ones. So when you see the good one, you're like, oh yeah, this is good. Like, yeah. <laughs> With FBA, uh, I, I know the way that we were talking about off camera that you do it is actually like a little bit more forgiving in the sense that like you're not as uh, invested as like someone who does the private label sourcing right and coming in right. from overseas with a minimum order quantity of whatever no and i know people who do that they're you know five thousand dollars dropped on a product hoping that it That's doesn't I, do. fail. <laughs> I would personally not be able to sleep at night but you know there's a lot of people who have a lot of capital so i invest in one thing at a time so you know i bought like i think like eight or ten pairs of shoes yesterday and they're all different sizes and there's a couple of different styles. So it wasn't like eight of the same pair of shoes in the same size. It was all the variations. So, um, you know, I feel like my risk is spread a little bit more with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. And uh, to anybody that's watching that has uh, not heard of your channel, which I think was up to like, what, 6,000, 7,000 subscribers? Yeah, I just hit 6K. Hopefully no one uh, unsubscribes as a result of you saying no, that. Always that happen. But um, yeah, I, I'm very thankful for it. I've I've made a lot of videos about random things, but mostly people come to my channel for merch information and Amazon FBA. So I was going to uh, ask, are you talking FBA? Because I'm sure people are interested in that as well. I know, we yeah. know you're talking merch, so I'm going to send you some subscribers. Hopefully if you guys want to <laughs> check out Bella's, Hella Bella's channel, link in the description, but, um, what else can yeah. I look forward to? Um, I, well, I do talk about FBA. I talk about, um, where I source, I do mostly retail arbitrage. So sometimes I take people with me to the stores, um, and I walk them through and kind of tell them what I picked out and tell them what the profit is and what, what they can expect to pay for something. Because, you know, as important as it is to make a profit, like if something's costing you 40 and you're making $10 profit, that's just not going to fly for me. So I kind of, you know, I kind of walk through like what I feel like is acceptable for me and um the stores that people can go to and the basically the strategies like there's but you know tons of different ways to do it this is just the way that i'm doing it and i'm always learning like i i might learn something from a comment that somebody posts on a video uh, on my channel this week they'd be like bella why are you doing this this way like you need to do it that way and i'll be like oh okay thank you <laughs> so um as much as i learn i usually try to post about what i learn and um, I'm posting a little bit. I'm about to try to get ungated in several brands. So I'm I was literally about to ask you <laughs> my next question was like, do you run into issues with certain brands? How common is it? Cause that's something that like, I don't do it your way. I do all private label exclusively and FBM stuff, but, um, mm -hmm. by the way, oh yeah, that's something we should circle back to, but go ahead and talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got auto ungated in a lot of things and I'm very surprised um, but I think I've reached the point of where I'm probably not going to get auto ungated in anything else for a while. Um, one of the brands I did get ungated in was Under Armour. And I was, I don't know why, I still don't know why. Um, but that has really, that pushed me to go out and buy a lot more retail arbitrage stuff because of how quickly it was selling and just like, it's easy to find it. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ungated in Under Armour, but I'm seeing all this Nike. And I was like, ah, you know, like this is a lot of money that I'm leaving on the table here if I don't figure this out. So I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to get ungated in as many things as possible, as quickly as possible um, for as little money as possible, but you know, it's kind of a process. And if, if you don't know how it works, you have to have, um, basically a letter saying that you are approved to sell something from a manufacturer, or you have to have proof of purchase 10 units from a supplier that is 
reputable to Amazon, whatever that means. So um, you do have to sink some cash into it. So that's one thing that we're going to be talking about probably in the next month or two on my channel. I like that. And it's also a, um, you know, I mean, considering the alternative, if you're going to do like wholesale or uh, private label, I mean, even if you're sinking, like you said, a little bit of cash, like relative to the other options, mm -hmm. unless you're doing like exclusively FBM print on demand, like then that's probably one of the easiest ways to learn some of the ropes of selling on Amazon, selling on the world's number one e-commerce marketplace. So Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to make this video all about FBA, but my FBA started with books and now I've sort of graduated to retail arbitrage, just like I feel like you can graduate to wholesale or graduate to private labels. So, you know, if you if you don't want to do one, you can always do the other. So I just kind of look at it like that. Like I might not even be doing this next year. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. And you're know, not overly invested when you're not dropping thousands on <laughs> private label imports. So, um, yeah, but let me circle back also just to, we can kind of wrap on this, but you know, when you sold a thousand plus, which I mean, what was your revenues? Probably your revenues probably like up there. You probably made like 7,500. Yeah. I, I don't even look at it because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to know, like, cause if I see that, I'll be like, Oh, but they only gave me a thousand, you know? Um, but the revenue was probably way high. Um, I need to check my revenue for the year. My, I actually have, I brought notes cause I'm uh, type A. Uh, this year has been my best year on merch by Amazon. And I've made, um, let's see. Let's uh, for October, the best month was 4,424 and October is not even over. Yeah, that's um, So that that's my best so far. And then um, I'm over. I think I'm over 10,000 for this year where last year I was only at 5,700, which last year I was doing real estate. So I didn't really I didn't even look at it and it still mm -hmm. made $5,700. So. Um, but yeah, that, that to me is like, that's a really good side hustle considering the fact that I haven't been primarily focused on that this year. Um, you yeah, know, doing the math, just so people know, because I think this is one of the easiest things to lose sight of. And I don't like to get preachy, but like, seriously, $5,700, everybody that heard that they perked up because you talked about how easy it was that per day. And this is how my brain works to trick myself into pursuing it. Like, I mean, now I'm like deep enough in the game. I'm like four years almost, but like when I was starting off like 5,700 divided by 365 is $15 and 61 cents per day. That's not sexy, but like 5,700 is, and they're the same thing. So like yeah. frame it, if you're struggling to do the day to day, like anybody listening, like just frame yeah. it the right way. Like if you see $3 come in as a sale and that's all you made in a day, well, three times 365 oh, okay, that's $1,095. That's still good. Like, that's a great way of looking at it. And that's how I look at all of my income streams because I say, okay, what's something that can make me $100 a day or what's something that can make me $25 a day? And let me let me build this and then I'll leave it alone. And that's something that will keep coming in. And that's what passive income is. I mean, it's something that you build, but you don't necessarily have to continually work on. You know, you might mm -hmm. put in... You might put in six hours on a, on one day and then not look at it again for a couple of weeks. So I think, you know, looking at it like that is a great way to look at it. And like you said, it's not really sexy, but that's that's how you build an income that's sustainable. Not one hundred thousand dollars coming from one source, but maybe twenty thousand dollars coming from five sources. That way, if one of them gets knocked out, then, you know, you still have those other sources. And I 100% co-sign with that. And speaking of, you know, let's just piggyback. I wanted to circle around to. 
you mentioned you weren't selling on Etsy and you just talked about if one gets knocked out, one of your income sources. So like I was crushing Etsy and um, part of, I guess, just Etsy, just they, they kind of suck as a company, honestly. Like they'll knock off any level seller, any any level of success seller. Like I got knocked off because I probably committed like realistically three actual like IP infringements, like where, you know, I tagged like Game of Thrones in the tags, even though it said mm -hmm. the girl has no costume and that got reported. It's like, okay, I got mm -hmm. that. I got it. But like the rest was just like legit people targeting me. Like they claimed a trademark and they cite the trademark ID. Etsy will just kick you off. So long story short, but like you should have been on Etsy. I know you already um, you weren't well, on Etsy. You, you would have made so much money. See, I, I, I got kicked off of Etsy this year too. So I'm oh, thinking, wait, really? this is really funny that you're saying this. Yes. And for all my subscribers, this is very juicy information because I have not disclosed this yet. I'm suspended. Um, I was selling files because I was like, I have over 5,000 files on my computer. Let me just sell the files. And I think I, I have this written down as well. Um, $3,300 profit in files. I started it in January and I think my best month was like $800 profit files, nothing except for the digital download. And I had the same thing happen. I got copyright infringement claims that weren't whether or right or wrong. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And I, I'm still fighting with them. I'm like, I have over 2000 sales in my shop and y'all are going to kick me off over this. And you know, that is, they could have just taken it down. I've had that happen where they just take the listing down because I think I had put up like Oh my gosh, like 500 listings, which, you know, you can imagine the time involved in that. Cause I thought I was building something. all manual. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, Oh, so Etsy. Yeah. Etsy has some frustrating policies. They really do. Because if you, you go on there now, you'll, you'll see Disney, you'll see oh, yeah. Game, of, Game of Thrones. Like everything. you probably could have doubled that thousands and probably made it like made an additional like 1500 to 2000 with better margins on Etsy selling those shirts, you know? Yeah, and I think I had done, at one point I was doing Etsy Printful integration, and I was doing pretty well with that, but I kind of let that fall, fall off because the only thing I didn't like about it was the customer service having to deal with all of those inquiries. And That's what I don't like about it, too. Yeah, it was a little bit much for me, and I'm I'm kind of lazy, but like Amazon spoiled me to the point of where I don't even want to talk to a customer. I don't want to look at a customer. I don't want to think about a customer unless I'm thinking about something that I can sell them. I don't want to have to talk about, you know, oh, this shirt didn't fit me right. Can you send another one? And then have to explain to them, you know, whatever. So, but, yeah. you know, I know a lot of people are doing good with it, though. So it just depends on your personality and what you want to do. Yeah, Etsy's a double-edged sword for anybody that is like on Etsy that hasn't hit that like level of success yet. Like when you do, you you it's you get the money, but you get the added burden of like people reaching out constantly. Yeah, and I think I think I still think it was other shops. I really do, because um, mm -hmm. I was get, I was kind of gaining, and I was uh, you know we were all competing for the same types of phrases. And I saw this, I had the same thing. I had shops that were literally like I would put a hat up, I'd get sales they would throw the same hat up and then like, I would look at their shop. Oh, they're having success here. And I would do it to them because they were doing it, you know, both ways. Yeah. And I, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm probably going to forget about that in six months and start another Etsy shop. Like it's probably going to happen. Um, but you know, you gotta have a whole like, other identity though. That's yes, the thing. It's such a hassle. And I'm like, um, is this even worth it? Do an so. LLC, change your IP, change your credit card, and then you're good. You can yeah. do that. That's what I did. So. 
Well, let's talk about how I've been leaving money on the table because we talked about this earlier. You said I need to cross post to different platforms. I was thinking Etsy was like the the second one. So, I mean, <laughs> after that, it's like, you know, the Amazon FBM, like you probably could have thrown it up on like a coffee mug and like a shot glass or even like a pillow. You know, there's a bunch of random mm-hmm. stuff, but like that wouldn't have been as much as like if you had just thrown it up on a T-shirt on Etsy because mm-hmm. customers probably it's probably 50 50. Like they either go straight to Amazon or they go to Google. Uh-huh. And those Etsy ones will rank really well. And then I've had really good success on Etsy before. Not that often, but like mm-hmm. uh, where I have like a really good trend, Etsy paid for me to be in the uh, yeah. So yeah. I didn't have to pay myself. That's awesome. And that's still an awesome feature that they have. I noticed that they tell you if your sale came from an ad that they paid for. Um, and I had one that was uh, doing really well and the profit on it was like, $8.90 or something like that. And when you compare that to merch royalties, it's like, that's a lot higher. That's almost double what some of mine are. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a good platform for a while, but then, you know, things happen. So what's your other favorite pod sites? Like which ones do you, do you preach? Yeah. I mean, I think like after that, Amazon FBM through Printful slash Gearbubble slash whoever. I think those are like the big two that people use based on my knowledge. And then probably like Redbubble and then followed by TeePublic in my experience. Mm-hmm. Is Redbubble, um, I know you posted the video, it was, were the masks on Redbubble? I just saw that, but I forgot which one they were yeah, from. Redbubble gets really like nice preferential treatment in Google search results. They also spend a lot. So I don't know if it's like complimentary, like, hey, you spend a lot on ads. So we'll give you better organic placement as well. Yeah. But they, they don't ever charge you for ads. They just constantly run like retargeting, Google shopping, Google search result ads. Yeah. And they rank well organically. So that's that place is like. I think you've pushed me to make masks now because I don't have anything like that. And I have so many designs already. Like at this point, I think my time is better spent posting my successful designs elsewhere. If you're not on Redbubble, like I had the same thing happen where someone was just like, dude, like it's time you get on Redbubble. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna listen to you. And mm-hmm. nowadays you can get up, like you can get your designs up super easy. Cause they have this clone function where you can m- upload a design manually place it. So it looks good on like the 70 product types that they offer. And you just go through it manually that one time. Mm-hmm. And after that, every time you upload, you clone that, you clone oh, okay. that thing and you replace the design. So like, mm-hmm. I got on Redbubble. I uploaded for like 13 hours straight and I uploaded like 400 something a single day because that didn't exist. So you can do it super easy now. Yeah. So how's the fee structure work with their, do they give you royalties or how does that work? Like merch. Okay. Yeah. Well, I should do that then. Maybe I'll do that in the next week or two. Talk about it on your channel too because people love Redbubble. It ranks really well on YouTube. Yeah. You know, my designs are already getting ripped off and sold on other pods by people who aren't me. So I might as well be that person to do it. Um, I've seen so many of my designs elsewhere and I know they're mine. Like I know for a fact it's mine. Like that's the graphic I bought, the the font I use. So that's a little Yeah, the real print on demand winners are the platforms because they make so much money. But then second to them is the people who write these bots that can automate the ripping off and reposting to, you know, Amazon FBM and then all the other secondary platforms. Cause they for sure exist. Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating, but I try not to think about it too much. Do you use any um, like tools for making your shirts? Like what all do you use to design? I know you probably talked about that before, but just out of curiosity. Yeah. I mean, honestly, lately I've just been using, like I'll start in Photoshop or, I mean, I can, I can do Photopea and uh, Canva. They're both like very, all of them are similar. 
but mm -hmm. I usually just go straight to Photoshop because I'm just used to it. And then I create like a templated design and then I, uh, I was going to see if I had it open, but it looks like it's closed, but I'll just like add, I'll, I'll essentially, I have like variable driven designs now. Cause I had mm -hmm. me and a friend built this Chrome extension called automatepod.com and it can just like swap in lists of variables and download automatically. Yeah. Yeah. So then I, I feed I, that I, into upload automation. Yeah. And and, and making one design and then changing one little thing on it is so much more efficient than making, you know, a hundred designs. Like just don't, you know, don't put too much time and effort into it. Like they're really, you have, how many slots now do you have? A hundred K. I've got 35 K left. When did yeah. you tear up? It was like last month, I think maybe, or the month yeah. before. I think it was yeah. August. Yeah. yeah. What did you tear up from? They they took people from 20k to like 100k. So I know a bunch of other people. So crazy! That's so crazy. I'm at 8k, so I don't have I don't have that pressure. <laughs> I don't know how much changes though, because like for sure they don't show all my listings. You know what I mean? Like I, if yeah. I really wanted to hit big numbers, I would need to like target the same trends. But like I say, like I'll do the YouTube videos saying like here are the big trends, and then on my girlfriend's account, like I'm like targeting those trends because she's in low tiers. But like on my account, I'm just evergreens pretty much mm -hmm. exclusively just trying to build a recurring base. Yeah. Yeah. That's with my thousand dollar day. My shirt was an evergreen shirt. It's not a holiday shirt. I figured a lot of people would think it was that's a crazy. holiday shirt because it's not, you know, Halloween and Thanksgiving Christmas are coming up and it's a good idea to make holiday shirts, but they're, you know, there's a limitation where they're not going to continue. Like some of my evergreens have been up for three years. Like, something that I made once three years ago is still making me money today. So that's passive income to me. Like, that's cool that you can, you can look back on something and I can even think like, Oh man, I was sitting down on my computer for a couple of hours that morning, make the design, throw it up. And then it becomes like a bestseller forever. Like that's, that's crazy. Like, yeah. I, had, I was preparing for a video last week and I was looking at my like first tier 10, like first sale design. And I, where I, the issue I'm having is I can't change the price on them. I don't know why. Like I'm trying to go in and reset it to like the base price so that maybe they can get recycled because they're mm -hmm. like not generating sales, even though they should be. And I know a lot of them have been ripped off. Like I brought a niche to Amazon, similar story. And that's how I got my, got out of tier 10. Mm -hmm. Nobody was selling it. And then I was selling it. And now when I look, there's like 50 results. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, um, what do you do with your expiring ones? Do you go and re-upload re everything again? Uh, I mean, I was doing that for the last two years. I'm not doing it now because I worry too much about uh, rejections, truly. Yeah, they've gotten more stringent on that. I noticed a lot. I was going through, I have like a couple hundred expiring in the next month or two. I guess I got really gung-ho about it and did a bunch of uh, like October and November, December designs last year. And some of them are expiring and I'm looking at them and I'm like, this would not pass the trademark thing anymore. Like I did yeah. not so apparently you know they've, they've gotten a lot more stringent on that intentionally or unintentionally right <laughs> yeah and i'm sure it's costing them money to be more um strict on things yeah but yeah it's it sucks that you brought that up because like i literally started doing it the other day and i got i like organized my old ones alphabetically and i got from like a to d and on d i saw a rejection i was just like uh it's not worth it you know yeah yeah. And plus, you know, some of those, it's like every year there's a cyclical fate phrases that come out like for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we don't really know what they are until you know what they are. Um, I notice that every year I usually go on Etsy and look at what the stay at home moms post. And then I just <laughs> upload that like Etsy's a goldmine for research.
Yeah, that's good tip too. Because I usually preach Amazon, but yeah, Etsy, um, probably the second place I would look. I was looking at Etsy a lot for uh, the hats that I would sell through mm-hmm. like uh, Printful integration with Seller Central. Yeah. Are you having um, on merch? Are you having good luck with things besides shirts? Um... Uh, right now, I am actually, and this is what's weird is because uh, I was. When I got tiered up to 100K, I made a video and I was like, guys, like, I'm going to do this, not just for me, but for everybody that watches my channel. I'm like, I'm going to upload 100,000 unique standard shirts because standard shirts sell the best. And mm-hmm. in a world where everything's equal and well, not equal, I guess, but like if I upload 100,000 and they all actually get cycled through search results, which is, isn't happening right now, mm-hmm. like I felt like I would just absolutely crush. And instead, what I realized is like a lot of them are getting suppressed, which led me to in case it's based on product type, which I don't know, but mm-hmm. I started uploading to the other product types more and I'm seeing like more um, long sleeve shirts sell than hoodies right now, but like probably hoodies secondary. How about you? Yeah. yeah. Hoodies are doing well for me right now. Um, and you know, you can talk about the pricing strategies of those, but hoodies are a great royalty. Like if you price them correctly, like I have mm-hmm. some hoodies that make seven, seven fourteen, I think per sale. Which is, is that like, price at $39.99 or? I think close to it. Or no, it's $35. $35. Okay. They used yeah. to be, I think, like suggested cost was, if you remember 40. that, like it was like 40 bucks, and then they yeah. reduced the base cost. I think I'm, I don't normally go over uh, 35 if I can help. I usually do $34.95 because, you know, you don't want it to look like $35. Right. Um, but I, um, I see good royalties with that. And the long sleeve shirts are a good royalty as well. Cause I mean, in the customer's mind, a long sleeve is with more than a short sleeve. Um, yeah. And my recent like bestseller, it sells like a bunch every day, but it's like, I literally took a trending design that like you would find on like my top five niches. And I just put it on like the other shirt types. And it's like that one, I, 44 of them on long sleeves you know and then i'm looking at like v-neck 10 sales so sometimes it's like you can just go look at what's working and say all right i'm gonna throw it up on a v-neck and throw it up on a long sleeve and then maybe even like switch the color you know Mm -hmm. sell it on only the neon blue or whatever it is you know that weird blue on long sleeve or yeah that's a really really bright blue but that blue goes along with a lot of sports teams if you think about that but you can't Mm -hmm. really say it's that sports team but you can put like generic wildcats on something um and you can put, you know, I did some of that the other like a week ago or so, and they all hit a uh, manual review, and I got scared, but they got through. Really? Yeah. Well, don't listen to me, then you might get flagged. But well, I, I was just saying it worked. But like, I, I yeah. did do that. I know what you're talking about. Where it yeah. was like what people in a certain state call themselves, and then it also coincides with like a sports team at a college level, and it's like, oh crap, yeah. you know, Wildcat yeah. would get flagged. But it Wildcats, got yeah. So. Well, you know, well, you don't have to do Wildcats, but think about that kind of stuff. You know, there's there's phrases in in every single state and every town. I mean, I'm I don't know if you can tell I have a really thick Southern accent. So I mean, there's a lot of things that I probably say and that people around me say that you know a New Yorker is not going to say, but uh, somebody in Alabama might buy that shirt because I think you know, what is it? Bless your heart. I'm pretty sure that's trademarked now. Um, <laughs> you know. So, but I mean, things like that that are just really specific and that's one thing that I don't think I paid enough attention to was like you know things that nobody else knows like just through your own weird world experience that you've had like you know things that nobody else really knows about except for like a small subset of people so just make things for those people like, yeah you might not get rich doing it but you get some early sales and what's cool is like the print on demand landscape is evolving um part of like us being on YouTube is like I'm sure you'll start getting people reaching out to you too is like 
when there's these new tools in development, for instance, like one that I'm looking into right now as a beta tester, it's um, Amazon like FBM automation, you know, where instead of me like uploading, I used to sit here all day uploading the hats from Printful and now I'm using a different automation tool called POD Turbo. But then there's another one that does basically the same thing, except like if there was some, if you made like a CSV file of just like good quotes, like sentences um, mm-hmm. related to like the South, you know, or whatever, you know, and um, you could just like pop it into this software and it'll generate a bunch of variations automatically for you with like font or color or whatever. And then yeah. it'll push them to Amazon, you know, seller central for you. And they'll just sit there forever, you know, and they never fall off. So. That's cool. Um, yeah. I-, I was thinking about the bottlenecks in my businesses and merch is time. I mean, what else is there? There's nothing else. Like think of anything you can think of. It's not capital because it's not a capital intensive business and it's not really ideas because we have the internet. It's, it's your time. Like it's how many things you can upload as quickly as possible. And then the research involved. So that's a great point. Cool. All right. Hey, well, why don't we wrap here? we got 40 minutes in and I think this was like very insightful. I think hopefully everybody listening learned a lot. And if you guys have any questions for Hella Bella, Number one, like definitely show her some love on her channel. Subscribe. You can drop a comment on this video. I think we're going to upload it or you're going to upload it to your video as well or your channel as well, potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll upload it and, you know, come over and see me. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Amazon merch, Amazon uh, FBA, anything else? Uh, Well, a little of everything. I had an Airbnb for a while. So let's talk a little bit about that, a little bit about real estate, FBA, um, FBM. Lately, I've been doing a lot of merchant fulfilling, too. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone. So you guys can uh, come check it out. I thank you for having me, by the way. I'm really excited to be here. And, you know, this has been insightful for me. I'm always learning something. So this has been a good conversation to have. Yeah, likewise, I've learned from you as well. So anyways, thank you for being here, guys. Thanks for watching. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. All right, take care.